This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. All right, listeners, welcome back to WSFI Spotlight. I am your host, Alejandro Rivera, for our very first young adult open mic, all the way from Young Adult Ministry Lake County, Jim Stanislawski and Anthony Lee. Now, before we begin, let's all do a quick prayer together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Elizabeth of Hungary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Recap for you guys, and as what I just said for our listeners, this is Young Adults Open Mic, where any young adult Catholic can come on and just feel free to share how they practice their faith, or just any particular devotion that they want others to know about. Plus, it also gives us a chance to meet and mingle outside of just seeing each other high at Mass and Sign of Peace. I believe, Jim, you were voluntold mm-hmm. before this show to sort of kick things off. So, why don't we just start with paint us a picture of what made you decide to become more active in the faith. Sure. So, I was a cradle Catholic, so I was raised uh, in a good Catholic family. We went to Mass uh, every Sunday, every Holy Day of Obligation, that kind of thing. Um, but as I kind of got older, I started to sort of drift away from my faith a little bit. I mean, it kind of was... Uh, to use a phrase, it was kind of like grandma's wallpaper, I guess. It was something that was always there, but you never really paid attention to it. And it felt like felt like home, I guess, in general. But uh, as I, especially as I got into college, I started to kind of question what it was that I really believed. And I remember distinctly, actually, one night uh, after Mass, dipping my hand in the holy water font and wondering, like, is this really something that I believe, actually? So that really sparked me to kind of think about things. There was a philosophy class that I took that I think I was the only person in the class that actually enjoyed this philosophy class. Really? Was it like one of those philosophy of religion, introduction, anything? Or? It was, the, the name of the course was an inquiry into value. So it was just, mm. uh, you reviewed a lot of philosophers. We spent a lot of time on Plato, though. Oh. And I found that really interesting because it really convicted me that there was a truth and that I should go after and pursue that no matter what it was. And it really got me thinking about religion in general because it was something that was such a big part of my life. And then I kind of drifted away here and there. So I started kind of investigating a little bit more, doing a little bit more outside research, trying to figure things out. And does that research kind of like mix a visit to the library, YouTube videos? Was it sit down with father with during confession or could you... Um, yeah, a little of a column A, a little of column B, actually. So, I mean, it was uh, a lot of things on YouTube, a lot of uh, just reading of books. I mean, I loved reading ever since I was young. So wow. just reading good Catholic books, reading other books, experiences with other Christian groups as well. And just through that process, all that really led me back to the Catholic faith and wanting to get a little bit more involved. And then I got involved with the Newman Center at college. That was going to be my next question, because not every public university is fortunate to have that. But go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah, for sure. I actually went to Bradley University in Peoria. Oh, wow. So it was um, 
it was a private university, but not affiliated with any uh, religion. Oh, okay. Um, but they had a Newman Center there, the St. Joseph Newman Center, which was uh, wonderful. I met a lot of really good friends there with whom I'm still good friends, very close with. And just that community, continuing to do research and growing up kind of coming of age in Peoria, Fulton Sheen was a huge influence on that. So I think reading. he was actually ordained at the cathedral over mm-hmm. at Peoria. And that's part of the current, I don't know if you heard too, Anthony, Angela, that part of that dispute of where should he be buried, whether it's St. Patrick's in New York or St. Patrick's in Peoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, fantastic sure. to hear. Keep going. I want to hear more. Yeah, so a lot of just looking at his old clips on YouTube, reading a lot of his books, I mean, his spirituality was really something that informed me as I kind of grew up in the faith, so to speak, and um, really enjoyed reading his stuff, how clearly and succinctly he could write and preach about the faith. So that really helped me to come back and, you know, through the course of just growing up, coming of age, graduation, uh, coming back here after quite a few years out in Peoria, both at school and working, um, brought me here, found a good community at Yamley County and decided to join up. Wow. Was there any like particular Fulton Sheen talk or like a particular topic he did that like kind of struck you or was just like an aha moment? He always, whenever he would speak about his habit, his discipline of doing a holy hour every day, that was always something that really resonated with me because, I mean, he would tell the story of like, we couldn't get into the church in this place where he happened to find himself because it was locked. So he would just sit outside the door for an hour and make his holy hour from outside the door. Wow. I mean, and just hearing that and hearing how passionately he would preach about the Eucharist, about uh, Mary, about the church, it was just wonderful to hear. And like I said, it was truth that I was really interested in. And that really led me to thinking about things and really led me to the truth in the Catholic faith. Wow. You had a whole community supporting you right along the way. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, Anthony. Yes. It yes. is your turn to share with the class. It is indeed my turn. So, um, just like Jim here, I was a cradle Catholic, so I um, was uh, uh, taught the faith from my parents, uh, especially from my mother. I mean, I remember growing up... Um, you know, as well, as a six-year-old, seven-year-old, my my mother would tell me that there was this God who loved me. Um, you know, would teach me my prayers. Aww. You know, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and Glory Be, and um, would tell me all these wonderful things about this God. You know, like no matter what we do, this God's going to continue to love us. Um, will continue to love me. And she even told me that if I pray to him that I will get anything that I want. Oh. <laughs> Though I misinterpreted that and I thought that I could pray for more G.I. Joes or I could pray for more Transformers <laughs> and so I did and it didn't work and so I complained to my mother and she said well actually no you're praying for the wrong things. You're supposed mm. to pray to learn how to love other people. Pray to for other people that other good things can happen to them. Um, she's like, you can even pray for yourself. So um, wow. she continued Many to catechism do catechism classes on prayer growing up. Nice. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. And um, I also lived near the uh, Franciscan Friary, Marytown. Oh. And did not know you were local. Yes, I am local. Um, I, I uh, 
went to these these um, groups that we had every Saturday. They were uh, young, they were kind of like young adult ministry for kids. Um, what would happen is that we would uh, come together for a day, and then they would teach catechism, and then we would have mass. Um, we would have uh, time together to just play games or um, you know play sports, and it was it was overall. Um, a good day. One of those things where it was like good f- for the overall person. Yeah. Um, those are one of those things that, that actually formed me as I was growing up. But as I got older, you know, as I got more exposed to the culture, I think I started to fall away from that. And I became more interested in the things that the world was more interested in. Um, and it, kind of got to a climax I think towards college or towards my 20s when I started to realize that all the things that the world was after you know like sex and popularity and glory and money you know all the things that people want I mean those were all the things that eventually I I chased after and it was getting to a point where I fell into a deep depression um, yeah, I didn't know where it was that I wanted to go. I was f- felt like I was purposeless. Um, was there someone along you that you opened up to about this, or was it? No, sorry, continue. Yeah, what what had happened though? Of course, I was um, living at home, actually, somewhere in my twenties, and you know, my mother still was extremely pious, and mm-hmm. she has books of saints live and they're lying around all over the house. And I was pretty feeling pretty desperate, you know? And so I've, I picked up a book and, you know, that's where the Holy spirit, like, you know, you just prop a door open and he just kind of barges his way and he's like, thank you. You know? And, and that's what happened to me. So I, I opened the book and I, I started to think, um, it was like a book about modern saints. I don't re- recall the actual title, but it's like a two volume book. Um, okay. Like yeah. Bartlett's Lives of the Saints, it, or maybe? Maybe. It's pretty common, but anyway. Continue. It might be. But um, I read it, and I started to question, what is it that makes some of these saints suffer? What is it that, you know, and, and be at peace? What is it that makes these saints um, do these incredible acts of heroism without, um, you know, without questioning um, what's happening to them? you know, like St. Maximilian Kolbe. And and so that really drove me to find out more about the faith and pray about it. Um, but I, I was still kind of in this deep part of my life where I still wasn't sure about God or what direction I wanted to go in. Um, so I went to a church. Um, it was somewhere in Kenosha. I think it was St. Anne's. Oh, wow. And I... Um, you know, I was like on my last leg and I was, but I was still going to, to church every Sunday. Okay. And at the time I was at the very, very back of the church, you know, I was out of sight thinking this is just another mass. And then I would go up to communion um, and they actually selected me to go up first, even though I was in the back and I oh. didn't know why. And so... I went up to communion. I went back to my seat and then I picked up the pamphlet and it said, um, we always remind our, our parishioners that we uh, start communion lines from the back. 
um, instead of the front to remind people that the the last will be first and the first will be last. Um, and I just remember wow. breaking down and crying because it's like I knew that was like God speaking to me. And um, so I, I've those kinds of experiences they started to drive me closer to find out more about God and who He was. Um, and and um, you know the, the rest was history. And eventually, yeah. I found young adult ministry, like County. Um, yeah, how did you and Jim meet then? Was it, was like, would you guys both arrive at young adult ministries at the same time, or? I think you arrived significantly earlier than I did, actually, because I was still in college back when Yam was formed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we started Young Adult Ministry in 2012, 2013, and it was mostly an effort to get young adult uh, young adults together, because there really wasn't that kind of an outlet for young adults to come together. And the originally we came together once a week, f maybe four times a year, mm -hmm. through Theology on Tap, which is yeah. was at the time was through the Archdiocese of Chicago. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd meet together, have a, a, a talk about theology. There'd be a speaker, um, and you'd meet other young adults, and it was great. But it was you know you'd drink some beer, maybe not enough to get drunk, of course, but <laughs> you'd you'd drink beer, and that would be four out of four weeks out of the year, and. So the final week we we came together, there was a guy named Doug Stone and he just sat down at a table with me and he said, Well that that's it? Like so we're not gonna see each other for another year? Like that's kind of ridiculous and Yeah. And I kinda looked at him, Yeah, that is and he said, Well I'm gonna start a young adult group. All right. Yeah. Just like that, just just like a fact, plain as day. Yeah, and it it sounded ridiculous to me and I I was like, <laughs> You're out of your mind, like this isn't gonna happen. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but but he uh, eventually, he did it. He got a group of people, uh, a group of young adults together with the bishop, and they discussed how they were going to get it done, and eventually it happened. So, Wow. There is our music. When we come right back, Jim and Anthony will go a little bit, we'll be able to go a little bit deeper with Jim and Anthony, and myself included, about what particular Catholic practices, favorite books, saints, etc., helped nourish us and continues to nourish us in our faith and our walk with Christ. Be right back. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. This is Sister Mary Agnes of the School Sisters of Christ the King in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I believe Catholic Radio is an important tool for the new evangelization. The times when I have been on the road traveling different places, um, looking for something good to listen to, 
I've been really uplifted by what I hear on Catholic Radio, and I feel like it's a good source of education, too, and I can learn lots more about our faith. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Welcome back, everyone, to Young Adult Open Mic. Here once again with Young Adult Ministry, Jim Stanislawski and Anthony Lee. Each of us, especially Anthony, have very powerful conversion stories for how that happened. Like, downright amazing and mind-blowing how that happened. And so now the second part of our program. Since I made you guys go first, I will go first this time. Mm -hmm. I'd say the devotion that quote-unquote dragged me to holiness was definitely the rosary like jim you know cradle catholic just something that it it's there we go to church but it wasn't until my mom had her own reversion to the faith that's when all of a sudden boom we're going we're for sure not going to be like to mass boom we're going to confession boom we're doing rosary daily and and just sort of at the time you know little little kid kind of a bit of a mama's boy i will admit that <laughs> <laughs> worked out spiritually too but anyway i was like okay i guess we're just doing this thing then and whether it was sort of like the rough and ready that middle school can be all the way through just trying to figure out your own awkwardness during high school thing rosary was pretty much almost there and led me to some let me to newman center over at northern illinois met and uh, led me to some actually pretty amazing saints, some who were weird and some I thought were just, whoa, this is way better than whatever little, I guess you call it beige, beige Catholic that you could have <laughs> learned, mm. learned somewhere mm. else. And so, yeah, rosary's my, rosary's my favorite thing. Now I appreciate it personally a lot more just because you are, you are keeping in your head more of the events of not just Jesus, but also our Blessed Mother, which even the Holy Father... Pope Francis did say in a tweet that if you don't have Mary as your spiritual mother, eh, you're pretty much an orphan for the most part, which does make a lot of sense. I mean, we, we consider our own families. I, Jim, well, how do you think Anthony would react if you if you told him one day, you know what, I still want to be friends, Anthony. I, I just want really nothing to do with your family at all. <laughs> just Can we just, just me and you? <laughs> They're probably pretty poorly. Family, though they're all very nice. <laughs> I don't think that would probably happen. But yeah, probably not. But <laughs> yeah, it would you know. be pretty. Yeah, pretty exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very much the same way. Uh, uh, let's see. Now the latest thing for me with Marian devotion, well, besides consecration, which Marian consecration I did at around college, and that's because college sophomore wants what is the quick. What is the quickest and easiest way to salvation? Because you could tell what stage I was at. Mm. Yeah, Mary <clears throat> Consecration, she automatically takes all of your trials, joys, and she does whatever she wants with them. Since she has the eternal perspective, all right, I'm, I'm on board for that completely. 
Mm-hmm. And now I can say that, yeah, definitely because of our Blessed Mother, she led me to the Franciscan Friars Meyer Indiana, who just blew open my prayer life and put me in touch now with Father Sean Granger over at St. Elizabeth's Kenosha, who, if you want to see a mass of the Norvus Ordo, so like of current right, done right, definitely go there because he has a very practical rule of thumb. If the missile is vague anywhere, just take a peek at the extraordinary form. So for the 1030 Sunday Mass, shameless plug, I know, I apologize ahead of time, sort of. You have about, eh, about 7 to 10 altar servers, so you can have the third for, sorry, incense. The extras become torches, become torches, and it's just very beautiful at Orientum with a beautiful German Catholic church built in the 1860s. And that continues to not just transform me in regards to like, you know, daily prayer of Jesus, but also with devotion to Mary to realize that, whoa, there's no box that you can put Jesus and Mary and you can't put the church in a box. It's, this is just a normal thing. That's just part of how I breathe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A lot of the saints have actually had a tremendous influence on my faith. Um, me being named Anthony, uh, naturally I was actually named after Padua? St. Anthony. Yeah, Padua. Oh, nice. Franciscan route. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And, of course, while I was on my faith journey, he was one of the saints that I looked to, of course, because he's got my name. So yeah. I thought there's got to be something in that. And <laughs> So I've, I've read um, biographies of St. Anthony and was just astounded at some of the things, some of the stories or the legends that came um, around uh, his life. Like, there are just so many different miracles so many different situations like there's a, a time where um i think there was a, a an evil earl or an evil uh royal figure a noble who mm-hmm. was going around and um extorting from the people and, oh, and killing people um and the uh, saint anthony of padua um being the friar he was so angry about it and he went up to him and said to him that you're you're going to be condemned like you're going to go before god and you're going to be condemned and god is really upset with you right now mm-hmm. and you you better change your ways right now or it's not going to end well for you <laughs> and he more or less said it that way yeah. and and um this uh this noble everyone was around him was expecting this noble to kill him to kill St. Anthony, but something, by, whether it was the grace of God or whatever, but a lot of people think it was a miracle because he, at that moment, he repented. Wow. And um, he gave back all the money that he, that he had stolen or extorted. Um, so that's one story. There was other stories about him um, in the same vein of St. Francis preaching to the birds. There was a story about uh, St. Anthony preaching to fish because no one else would listen to him. So fish would would come out and, and, and they would, um, you know, they would like jump out of the water and, and happiness and joy to listening to St. Anthony and people would be so amazed that finally they would come around and listen to him because they're like, well, if the fish are listening to him, then maybe we should too. Yeah. Um, there's another story of him, um, stopping the rain actually during the middle of a homily that he was, talking wow. at, yeah because people were gonna you know it was gonna interrupt the mass and yeah. so he's, he said a prayer and it was raining and then it stopped immediately and the sun came out um so th- i mean this guy <laughs> like i i was 
as I was reading this, I'm like, who is this guy? Like, how, like, there's no, exp- I mean, there's no explanation for any of this. Like, you know, you, you, there's no scientific reason or, or even anything just with plain logic to under, to, to explain what all this means or what, how this happened. Um, so I was very fascinated by that and I wanted to know why those things were happening. What was it that, um, you know, obviously this wasn't just some cheap magic show. I mean, oh, this yeah, is, no. This is, like, this impacting people, and it's actually happened as it's going on. Right, right. And so I wanted to, you know, those – I wanted to learn more of what went behind that and why that was happening. Um, it drew me to want to know more about the truth. So, um, you know, that's – you know, it it always leaves. You know, for me, a mystery is something that I can't. It's very difficult for me to leave unsolved. Like I have to find out more. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so. well, it's a good thing to have because I'm sure you already knew Saint Anthony Padua was also a doctor of the church. Yes. And do you know about his tongue? Yes. Yes, I do. For those of you who may not be aware, why don't you tell them about the Saint Anthony's tongue and sort of? Yeah. Uh, aside from the fact that. Um, it was used for a lot of sermons. Um, it was actually incorruptible. It's still, you can still see it, I believe, um, somewhere in Italy. I don't remember the exact right. location, but it's it's incorruptible. I can look it up real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, and um, it's the only part of uh, his body, actually, that that remains. Like, the rest of it is, like, bones, but the tongue remains intact. And that's because um, it's believed that the words that he spoke were were so pure. Um, and I think that's the point that God was trying to make. So. Wow. It is in Padua, Italy. Okay, nice. so it is in Padua. It's right. still there. Jim. I think the the big thing that really drew me back into the faith initially uh, was the sacrament of confession, honestly. Really? Um, yeah, I... The family that I was a part of, uh, my family never really went to confession very frequently. And I mean, as a 10-year-old person, it wasn't something that I was just going to go out of my way and (laughs) do on my own, really. So uh, it had actually been, I mean, I went to my first reconciliation whenever that happened, when six or seven or something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah. Same. But uh, when I found myself in college, you know, really starting to get back into the faith, I hadn't been since then. So it was really kind of uh, a little bit of an impediment to me at first because it's like, you know, I started, last time I was there, I was confessing, you know, that I hadn't eaten all of my broccoli. (laughs) And then, you know, all of a sudden I'm 18 or 19 and I'm confessing all of these things that have piled up over the years. Wow. So it was certainly um, difficult to kind of get back into a little bit of a stumbling block at first. I imagine it can be very intimidating. Was there there something in particular? Something else besides that that kind of lured you into it, or are you going to? Yeah, so I was uh, on a retreat in college. It was a Koinonia retreat, and as a part of it, there was, yeah, there was confession one night. And uh, I remember sitting there and sitting there and sitting there, and I knew (laughs) that they were offering confessions, and there was this holy hour that was going on, and I I knew that Jesus was in the Eucharist. I knew Mm. that this faith was true. And I, there was just this one candle for the priest sitting there that you could take and go out to the confessional with it. And I was just sitting there and I realized <laughs> God's calling me to do this and he loves me. So like this is part of the faith. It's true. 
and it's going to be fantastic. It's one of the sacraments of the faith. So I got out there, I kind of walked out there, not really knowing what to expect, what kind of penance I was going to be assigned, you know, <laughs> go headbutt a cactus or something or like, like that. I don't know. Bed nails for you, young man. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I got out there. I sat down with the priest and I said, you know, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been 19 years since my last confession or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> it, was, it was a long time. And he just said, you know, welcome back. I'm glad you're here. And the process of just the confession, the penance that he assigned me was just so beautiful. And then hearing the words of absolution, knowing that it's God himself through the priest saying, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Man, this is... This is fantastic. There's such a weight that was lifted off of my shoulders at that. Sacrament of Confession was a big thing. And also, as I went along, I mentioned Fulton Sheen. Yeah. He was certainly instrumental. I mean, definitely one of the greatest Catholic evangelists of the past century. Yeah, um, I think he was actually the first televangelist because his show started like when there was just black and white. Mm-hmm. All the books, all of the Life is Worth Living episodes that I caught on YouTube and other places uh, certainly helped. But also, I think St. Jose Maria Escriva was another one oh, that man. was very instrumental yeah. in bringing me back. Just because, I mean, he was talking in, in his writings in The Way and Furrow and The Forge. Yep. It was all very, you could speak about God as love without being um, syrupy and without being overly sentimental, which was good for me. And you could also talk about hell and sin without it being like a mailed fist that was being <laughs> jammed down right. your throat. Yeah. So there was both, and there was a good balance there that seemed very fatherly and very instructive for me. Kind of my impression, Jose Maria, yeah, St. Jose Maria's writings, too. Balance of softness and strength, so to speak. Right. I, I only remember a couple that still stand out to me today is his advice. He, encouraged, he was encouraging someone to basically don't rely on personal prayers so much, but like, but more of the liturgy, more of the Psalms is sort of entering into letting liturgy form you rather than you form the liturgy looks like we're going to head out now because that is all the time we have this has been wsfi spotlight for more information on this or any other program email info at wsfiradio.org